0: All right guys, welcome to Car Thoughts with David. And today I've got a special interview with Brandy Holloway, who is uh, doing so much on LinkedIn, Instagram. I mean, she's hitting all across social media, and uh, she also is the host of the Burn, which is a, a really awesome podcast. If you haven't checked it out, you've probably seen the link that I posted about my interview on her show. So now I'm interviewing her. And uh, Brandy, if you just want to do a quick introduction about Uh, what you do, who you are, and uh, we'll go from there.
1: Yeah. Hi, David. Thank you. So uh, I'm a Firestarter Mindset Coach, and a lot of people ask what that is. So essentially my business is called The Phoenix Factor. And as a Firestarter Mindset Coach, I help people um, ignite the fire, ignite the passion, burn through limiting beliefs, and get them to their desired outcome.
0: Awesome. Yeah, and I knew you could – Definitely say that better than I could. I was like, <laughs> I could go through and mention some of these things. I was like, no, she's she's going to have this better than I do. She to. <laughs> uh, so today on the show, you were wanting to talk about uh, competing commitments, and actually we had just talked before we started this recording um, that a lot of people are kind of curious as to what that is. So what does that mean to you as far as um, competing commitments?
1: Yeah, so obviously, you know, we, we make commitments uh, – probably daily uh, on some level. And what I found in my personal life, which really led me to, uh, you know, coaching with a lot of people was when we, we have a goal that we commit to and then we don't accomplish it. And some of those people are experiencing that right now because of the New Year's resolutions is uh, a prime example. And then when I asked them, you know, why do you think you didn't accomplish this goal? You know, why were you fully committed? Because we believe, you know, on a certain level that we're fully committed. What happens is that you have a competing commitment that you may not be aware of. Um, so these can be things that I typically work with, which would be a limiting belief, a learned behavior. Um, it can be as simple as an insecurity. Uh, you know, a lot of people are worried about, you know, they have a fear of rejection. So they don't fully pursue things because they're they're thinking way ahead or they're thinking about things that haven't even happened yet. So I like to walk them through that process. <clears throat> and, of course, as I said, I help them burn through those things to get to a different level, and really it's just questioning yourself. If you find that you're not doing the things you need to do, uh, if you're not fully committed, we know deep down inside if, we're, if we are or not, especially those things like people doing the New Year's resolutions with, I want to lose weight, and then you run into them six months later and they haven't lost the weight, why? You know, that, so that's that's really where we lead with the competing commitments.
0: Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's that's totally true. And I think in in my experiences with hearing people talk about New Year's resolutions, a lot of people set really huge goals, which mm-hmm. is great. But at the same time, they after it finally sets in, like, oh, I'm going to lose 40 pounds this year, you know, and that sets in, well, geez, 40 pounds, that's a lot. I'm going to have to do this and this. I'm going to have to do a ton of stuff. And, you know, uh, I think a lot of people just need to kind of break it down. And, like, look at it from a smaller point of view. Like, you have this grand overall, what you want to accomplish. But I think a lot of people get discouraged because they and, – and get those limiting beliefs because they think, well, there's no way. I, I couldn't possibly lose 40 pounds. It's six months left in the year. How am I going to do that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I tell you really what you want to look at is, you know, if, if someone came to me and said, you know, I want to lose 40 pounds. Um, I don't I don't really deal with that. I actually spent seventeen years in the fitness and wellness industry. That's how I got into coaching. Um, working with people that definitely had competing commitments. And you know, if someone says I want to lose forty pounds, and I say, you know, why do you want to lose forty pounds? What does that mean to you? What do you think life is going to be like? Because the thing is is whatever the answer is after that question, that's really what they want. They think the weight loss is going to bring that, but it's not. So that's typically why all the things that accompany the weight loss, you know, the exercise, the diet, and the change of lifestyle, you know, they're not fully committed because they're really committed to the feeling or the, the sense of being they think it's going to bring with it.
0: Very cool. Yeah, that I mean, that makes perfect sense, too, because you have this, like, you know, this, this idea or this image of what's going to change when you accomplish that goal. Like, uh, you know, writing, you know, a lot of people don't write. Uh, Because they think that they can't, they're not good Mm. enough or, um, Mm -hmm. you
1: know,
0: and that's something that I struggled with for years until I finally just, you know, put it all in and wrote (laughs) and started writing. And, um, you know, I looked at the, the goal and my end result, you know, as an example was I wanted to write a science fiction book for my dad. And so, you know, I knew my outcome. I knew why I was doing it and I was super focused on doing it. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. You and I talked about that on my podcast, actually, about the writing, about people that want to write or write a book or write a blog and they don't, um, you know, and I, that's one of the things I work with, a competing commitment. I was, I was more committed to worrying about what everybody was going to say about the content of my book, um, you know, than writing the book because I have personal, you know, things that are in mind, but I committed to, uh, you know, writing the book and finishing it uh, by the end of March and getting it to my editor.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing is, you, you know, once you once you burn those limiting beliefs, <laughs> you know, um you can really kind of move past a lot of that because, you know, I was always like afraid that you know, people would say, "Oh, this is stupid or this is terrible or yeah. I um or, you know, why do you think you're a good writer because this is this is horrible?" And you know, once I finally got out of my own head, you know, I was able to say, you know what, I'm just going to write this, and if people like it, great. If people don't like it, great. But the point is, is, if I never write it, I'll never actually know the answer to that question.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think I think what helps me is to get over the fact of even, you know, thinking you're a good writer, and just to know that what you have to say and what you have to write about, there are so many people out there that would love to read that because it's going to resonate with them, and that's what you have to really focus on. Um, You know, because I've always loved to write. I've been writing since I was 11 years old, and I've, you know, always wondered why why I haven't published even before. So we all have our our little things, and definitely thinking we're not good enough is is probably at the top of that list.
0: Right. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the – if not the number one, one of the higher tier um, limiting beliefs from people accomplishing things is just thinking that we don't have the right or we're not good enough or we shouldn't because – You know, we didn't go to school for that. We went to school for something else, and that's what our career is. (laughs) And, you know, so definitely I think a lot of people have those psychological hangups and that self-doubt and that self-talk that they have with themselves where they pre-plan everything out like, well, you know, this is where I'm supposed to be, you know.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm Yeah. Yeah, you have to let go of a lot of those things when you're, you know, especially for me, uh, being an entrepreneur – you know, I tell a lot of people when I set out doing what I'm doing, there was really no map or model and um, to follow. So, you know, as they say, winging it and finding out what works and what doesn't work, you can apply that really to anything. But at some point, you have to just really get honest. Uh, I, I say radical honesty. Um, you know, with what's going on in your head, though, with these limiting beliefs and these competing commitments, because they will show their uh, ugly heads at, you know, the most inopportune times in your life, and I've had it happen several times. A lot of what my book is about is the fact that I allowed myself to follow this story um, that just wasn't true anymore about me. That's not who I was anymore. I didn't need to wear the labels. And I think a lot of people, you know, we all deal with that. We all deal with that. So it's just a supportive way of saying, hey, you don't have to wear that label anymore.
0: Right. Yeah, because, I mean, I believe a lot of people, you know, and I hear this said a lot, you know, people never change. You know, a lot of people say that. And mm-hmm. it's not true. People change every day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just they have those beliefs where they're like, well, you know, should I change or or what will people think if I do? And then they try and stay inside that box. And, and it doesn't really fit them, but, you know, they're afraid of change because they're told people don't change.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think the people that say people don't change are the ones that are scared the most scared of change and that's the story they tell themselves to make it okay. That's a prime example.
0: Absolutely, yeah, because, I mean, you know, if if everyone who if everyone believed that, half of the things that exist in the world today, you know, wouldn't exist, we would have never sent a man to the moon, we would have never <laughs> you know, a lot All of right. art would have never existed. Um you know, who knows? We might still be riding around in horse and buggies because cars would have never been invented.
1: You never know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so true. I, you know, I make it a, I make it a daily point to verbalize things like that to to both of my children because you know, I when I growing up, I didn't hear those things. I needed to hear to know I could change and I could be anything I wanted to be. Not that I wasn't empowered in a, in a sense, but just actually hearing those exact words: "You can change. You can learn. You can grow. You can be anything you want to be." And I really focus on that with my kiddos, and I think it makes a big difference, you know, being able to hear that, and having that support too.
0: Oh, it does, absolutely. Because I mean, the world and everybody in it's ready to tell, you know, them that no, they can't. Oh, well, you know, based on your test scores, this is what you should be. You know, based on your skill set, this is the job you should have. You know, you you we have these these resumes. Uh, you know, from school, you know, report cards all the way up until we're adults that we carry around. And it's like, this is all I'm really good at. Here's my one <laughs> or two pages. Um, so, you know, please, please allow me to continue to the next phase of my life um, until I'm done with it. Um, and, and, you know, that's one thing that I valued about my parents as well is that they always gave me that freedom to kind of do whatever I wanted. And I somehow lost that along the way until recently Um, but it was very empowering to have that ability to just create and just to grow and learn without limits and barriers and just discover new things every day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then just by you doing this podcast is amazing. And then hearing that message and, you know, knowing, I mean, I don't, I know I never set out to ever have a podcast ever, uh, you know, but it was just a way for me um, really, you know, I'm, I'm honest with everyone. I said, look, I use this for content. I love listening to the stories and the changes and the growth that everyone has gone through and how they burned through their own limiting beliefs. And, you know, some people have had some really crazy things that they've gone through, and then you look at what they're doing now and, you know, they're just flourishing. Um, So I think it's it's amazing that we all – most of us are encouraged and, you know, stepping outside of the box now.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's – That's the big thing. That's kind of why I got into podcasting as well. Even though I didn't start doing interviews right away, because I was terrified (laughs) that even to do a a podcast, let alone ever interview somebody, and and I was so Jake was such a gracious first host to have, Jake Melton. uh, Oh yeah, he he was he was so great to talk to, and he's been very supportive um, throughout my journey in social media. But yeah, I found that I got addicted to hearing people's stories and learning about their journey. And then of course, also hoping that the stories that, you know, are shared on this show, uh, just like on your show, resonate with other people and help them step outside the box, help them yeah. change uh and, and grow. And, and even if it's just a side hustle, still become an entrepreneur in some sense to take a, take hold of their destiny. Yeah. Oh, I love that.
1: Yeah. Take a hold of their destiny. I mean, that. That's true. I mean, you know, if you don't hear those words or you're not encouraged, I, I I will never forget the day. I will never forget the day. It's been 11 years. It was uh, a year and a half before my son was born. And I will never forget hearing, you know, it, where it really resonated, maybe I'd heard it before, was just that, you know, Brandy, you can choose how you react to anything. And anything that you want is really sitting there for the taking. And I had gone through a process, um, you know, with, with a group of people. And when I really took that on and, like, took it in and broke it down, my that's when my whole life started shifting.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing is uh, a lot of people think that, oh, you know, everything's so bad and, and the economy's bad and, you know, there's, there's so many other businesses out there and there's so many other – books out there there's so many other things out there to do or that have already been done what could I contribute how could I do something that that people would resonate with and um, one of the most powerful things which I've actually mentioned on the show before was uh, when I actually hopped on a call with Toph Evans and he told me he said David I don't care if there's three or four million books out there on the shelf your book is not on the shelf so Mm -hmm. you go and write it and don't let anyone tell you anything different and I was like, I was just completely empowered at that point. I mean, nothing could have stopped me after hearing that. And and, right. and that's the, the mindset that I think everyone needs to adopt is no matter what you're trying to accomplish, what you're trying to invent, what you're trying to create, even if there's already a million of them out there, yours mm-hmm. isn't out there.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's a, a term that I've, I've noticed I've been using in some of my blogs and articles that I've written is that, uh, you know, you can either be an employee in your life or you can be an owner in your life. And, you know, (laughs) and so you like, because what you did is you took ownership. You took ownership of what you wanted to do and you didn't allow someone else to direct that. And that's really, you know, at some point you have to realize that that's what you're doing. You know, some people I don't feel, maybe they don't have a choice about being an employee as far as a nine to fiver, but as you mentioned before, they're side hustles. There's an opportunity to make things happen. You don't always have to be an employee at a company, but you you definitely have the choice, like, right now not to be an employee in your life. That, that's my big thing. Um, you know, if you wake up and at any point, you know, prime example, people say, I had a really bad day. And I say, really, you had a bad day? Or did you just have a moment that now you're allowing to own your day versus you having the moment, let it go, you deal with whatever it needs to be dealt with. And then you take ownership back of your day, you know? So I think that, I think it is empowering once you, once you take that on and know that, like I said, it's just, it is, it's all up to us. It's all up to our decisions and how we react to things. And I believe in being proactive as possible versus reactive.
0: Yes. Yeah. Cause I mean, going on with what you just said about, um, about the bad day, a lot of people are, you know, I've heard this before is, oh, man, that just ruined my whole day. Yeah. It's like, you know, this one moment, uh, and, and they'd already predetermined, prejudged that that was going to be the end-all, be-all, worst thing that could happen that day, and the whole rest of the day was shot. And, you know, really, if you just step back from it, just live in the present and look at the, the situation, be like, you know what, that was kind of bad, but you know what, from here on out, it can only get better. You know, if you mm-hmm. just change that mindset and and turn it. You know, you can look at things totally differently. And, you know, as you build up that momentum and that emotional resilience, you know, then you are able to create more because you don't have those roadblocks stopping you where you just get so down in the dumps. You, I don't feel like writing today or I don't feel like doing this or whatever, you know.
1: You know, it's funny that you said that. I had a client the other day I had to really uh, – Light a fire, as I say, <laughs> um, because she, you know, she just wasn't executing some of the things that we had talked about with her business and with the strategy that we were working on. And she said the same thing. She goes, you know, I just, I've just been, I haven't been in a good mood and I don't feel like it. And I, and that's why I, I do not preach motivation. I do not use the word motivational speaker because it's so fleeting. And the thing is, is I was like, you know, you're not always going to feel like it. But that's why I use the term fire starter mindset. How do you start that fire? Whose book can you read? Whose podcast can you listen to? You know, who can you call on the phone to light the fire and then finish that day up, right? And not not having the bad day. And you know, like you were saying, just a bad day is a tornado tearing your house down, or a hurricane demolishing your area, or you know, there, there's obviously those things. That's a bad day, I you know. But just one thing, and letting one person take ownership of your whole day and losing the opportunity for so many great experiences. Um, I'm I'm just not I'm definitely not down for that and I do my best and I'll let my clients fall the best. So you have to really create that mindset and it's training and it's daily. It's it's um it's something that you grow like a garden. If you don't cultivate it and pull the weeds out and water it, it's it just doesn't work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean and and that's one thing, you know, a lot of people um they think that they it just has to be like instant and I'm gonna figure it out on the first try
1: um whereas
0: yeah. you know you don't you don't learn how to ride a bicycle on your first try you don't learn how to walk on your first exactly. try
1: exactly mm-hmm.
0: um one thing i learned cuz i i recently uh, had downloaded the calm app uh which is a really great meditation app
1: mm-hmm. i um, love it yeah
0: it it tells you in your first couple sessions like oh don't worry if you have thoughts that are in your mind and you're being bombarded by thoughts while well, you're sitting here trying to meditate that's normal just acknowledge the thought, move on, just let it go. You'll get there. It's a process. And, uh, you know, I think that's very important. You don't learn anything on your very first try unless you just get lucky. Uh, <laughs> not <that I'm> necessarily <laughs> believe in luck, but, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna bowl a, a game of 300 points on your first try unless you just, it happened by accident. You have to right. learn how to throw it and release or whatever. I'm not even sure how I got a bowling analogy out of that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know it's funny. I um I wrote a uh, I did a tweet the other day and I was just thinking about that about you know the same thing people having you know bad days or emotions flooding in. Um I've been studying you know meditation for quite quite some time and um but I wrote a tweet the other day and it said you know feelings are going to come they're going to ebb and flow just like the ocean waves do they come in they come out the tide goes high it goes low but it's your choice to either surf on them or drown in them.
0: Oh, that's, that's brilliant. I love that. (laughs) Yeah, it's so true. It really is. Uh, I mean, I think really, honestly, nature imitates, you know, everything imitates each other. And I think there's a lot of, you know, balance that can be found by just taking in certain things that you see, like seasons, you know, your emotions are going to change, but they'll come back, you know, bad days will come, but then good days will follow them. That's right. And, uh, yeah that's that's one thing. you just can't let it get you down. You just gotta keep moving. you know, ch- choose how you perceive the situation and and uh, you'll figure it out. you'll get better as you go. and you know eventually those bad days will become less and less because you'll be, you'll be ready. you'll be just clicking through them. you know yeah. or not bad days but bad moments.
1: And <laughs> you know, you know some people have bad days also without realizing it. Um, I, this happened to me for quite some years when I was younger is I think we're taught or we even live in a situation where we are actually addicted to chaos because we don't know anything else, right? So, you know, some, some people grow up in those situations. I mean, I had a great family. Um, I don't want my mom to listen to this and say, <laughs> what are you talking about? But, you know, there were some times um, that I realized I, I created the chaos. I created the bad day. I created the situation um, and how I was reacting and handling it and, you know, not setting boundaries and not knowing my self-worth and, um, you know, just practicing self-care. So that's, that's a big thing with it as well.
0: Yeah, very true. Cause I mean, depending on, you know, your surroundings and your environment, you can definitely, um, you know, I was, I grew up, I was OCD. I I still am to a point. I've kind of self (laughs) self self-regulated myself to not be as OCD, but, uh, you know, I used to, as a small child, I would freak out if I got my hands dirty. I wanted to play in the sandbox with the other kids, but I'd have to go run and wash my hands every couple minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, you know, so I had a lot of psychological hurdles to overcome with that uh, where I had to kind of learn to just roll with it and overcome. And, you know, now it's not so bad. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, you know, um, even even in your, verb, bur- you know, the verbiage, you know, I, w- I would encourage you to say, you know, that you live with OCD or you have OCD, but you, not that you are OCD because then you're telling the universe that's who I am. Right? So even just when we yeah. say things to ourselves because we have to remember our inner voice is listening too.
0: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, then that, that's so true as well is as, as being careful of the words we say. And, you know, of course, perfect example I just made right there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, but that's the great thing about these things, you know, talking and and like I said, being in a being in a circle with a lot of support where, you know, everybody knows it's in my circle. I'm like, you're you're gonna get it straight. I'm a straight shooter, I don't sugarcoat. And I do that from a point of love though. I do that from a point because I don't want anyone to go down the deep dark hole that I've been at one point in my life. You know, I don't want them to waste another second uh putting, you know, bad mojo out in the universe and it coming back to them and you always hear people say that, you know, why does this always happen to me? Why does this always happen? And I'm like, because you are in some, some way, you're telling the universe this is what you want. You know, people make decisions from scarcity versus abundance and they think that means money and it has nothing to do with it. You know, you can, you can live in complete abundance and not have, you know, a million dollars in the bank. Um, so it's, it's definitely what you say and what you hear and who you surround yourself with. And that's why I, lo- I love what I do. I love shifting mindset and having, just watching someone have that aha moment you know that um they can really make some things happen and even though they were told their whole life they couldn't.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean and that's that's so true is, is that shift in that mindset to that abundance cuz I mean some some of the happiest people I've ever met were not millionaires, weren't were not um you know living in big houses. They they were small, meager, you know, normal, you know just regular people and and mm-hmm. it was just because of the fact that they had what they needed in front of them and they knew it. They knew that their family, their friends, the people that they loved, you know, were there with them and that's what was important and, you know, they lived very happy lives.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well I mean on the flip side of that, I mean we all know we've seen people that are millionaires and they're miserable. Exactly. So money yeah. money definitely doesn't represent represent happiness. That that was a big shift for me when I um I had to go through a lot of I, – I think I still am. I mean, you know, radical honesty, uh, but money mindset and shifting that. When I read uh, Jen Sincero's book, um, You're a Badass at Making Money, um, it wasn't what I expected at all. And she really just um, creates this shift on what money represents to you because at the end of the day, we know it does make the world go round and make – you know, depending on how we want our world to go round and – um, she said, what does, money, what does money mean to you? And, and people always say all these different things. And I, when I finally read it, you know, it's, it's freedom and options. It's the opportunity to go and, and do things and have experiences. Because I'm very much about the experiences. I don't care about things. I don't care about the, the cars and the home. And But if I could travel to a different city, you know, a couple times a year and take my children, you know, that's what money represents to me. So I try to remember that when I'm making decisions with my money
0: yes yeah very true because i mean that's that's you know you can have all of these things but in the the day when you're when you're old and you know lying in bed you can't really go anywhere you know you'll have those memories of like man i remember when i was in the you know south of france you know with Mm -hmm. with my family and you know all of those these different experiences that you've had you you know you won't be able to get up and hop in your ferrari but (laughs) you know you'll remember that those trips and uh you know, that's, that's one thing I love to do is travel. And that's, I've always tried to, you know, keep that as an option because, uh, you know, it, it's those experiences and the people that you meet, the food, the, the, the things that you see. I mean, you can't, you can't put a price tag on that. Uh, Absolutely.
1: Know, those
0: are memories I'll carry for the rest of my life. Yes.
1: Yeah, yes. 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 And I'm, I'm, I'm from a very, very small town in Alabama. Uh, we all we have was a caution light where I grew up. I mean, you had to drive 45 minutes to an hour to get to really get to anything. So um, I can definitely appreciate, you know, the, the traveling and, and seeing all these things. And I did a lot of that when I was younger before I had children. But I definitely am looking forward to doing. It. My, my kids are at an age now. I so feel like they will appreciate, you know, appreciate it and take it in um, and really enjoy it. They want to go to London first, so I guess that's first on the list
0: okay well, I'm sure they will they will love it. There's so much to see and do there um, I went gosh, it's been ten years ago this year <laughs> so yeah it it was a beautiful city, so much to see and do, so many exciting um things and I didn't I only scratched the surface I was on there for eight days but it was it was really amazing uh place to go to and to see
1: awesome yeah well, I'm excited and, and the cool thing about social media is. I know so many people over there now and they're like, you know, just let me know when you're coming and we'll show you around and, you know, get the real experience of these areas that, you know, that we're looking to go to travel to. So very exciting. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it as as well because, yeah, I'm like, yeah, when I go here, I'm going to meet up with this person. When I travel here, I'm going to meet these people. So I'm kind of making like mini LinkedIn (laughs) locals uh, everywhere I go uh, uh, now. Um, But, yeah, yeah. So – um, you know, I try, and, let's see, I was going to say, um, sorry, my phone just blanked out. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so thank you so much for coming on the show and, and, um, I'm super glad that the phone didn't just die on me. So, um, <laughs> as, as far as reaching you or finding out more about your coaching programs or your show, uh, what's the best way for people to, to reach you? Ah,
1: yes. So, um. Usually if you put in Brandy Holla's way, and I always say Holla because it's H-O-L-L-A-W-A-Y, I'll I'll usually pop up. My website is thephoenixfactor.com. And, of course, I am on LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. uh, And the podcast is called The Burn. And so, yeah, we have guests on either to help them burn through limiting beliefs or people tell their stories about how to help others burn through it.
0: Very cool, yes. And, and uh, I will, of course, have all of your social media uh, posted in the show notes as well. So anyone who's listening, you'll be able to find her. Of course, she's everywhere on social media. <laughs> 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 Shouldn't be too hard to track her down. But, uh, you know, always always making big things happen in, in, in uh, the, what, Richmond area?
1: Yeah, so we uh well with with Girls on Fire, which is a group that I have in Socialpreneur Social, these are groups I, I encourage people to, to network in person and so we call it getting socially successful online and off. But uh we're actually expanding this year. We have big news, so we're going to Richmond, uh DC. Uh I don't know if you know Evans Duran Um yes, yeah. he we have talked to him about going to Columbia, we're gonna be in Raleigh and also Atlanta. Very cool.
0: Well I'll yeah. definitely have to see about uh uh, checking some of those out because Columbia's closed. Well, Richmond's not too far. <laughs> uh, Raleigh, I've been to a couple times for LinkedIn Locals, so we'll definitely check check out your events. And, and I encourage anybody who's listening to do the same. And uh, and thank you again so much for coming on the show and
2: being a part today.
1: Awesome. Thanks, David. I appreciate it.
2: Uh, you're welcome. Hey, everybody. David here from Car Thoughts with David, and I just want to share some information with you. You guys have heard me talk about finding your way, finding your path, and starting your journey. Well, if you have decided that you want to start your own podcast, you might be thinking, well, David, that's great, but what do I do? How do I do this? You know, what works? What doesn't work, right? Well, I wrote a book. Because you can go back and find my episodes where I talk about all this stuff and listen to them, and that's all well and good, but sometimes it's easier just to have it in print where you can just see it, right? So, I wrote the book called Introduction to Podcasting. Lessons learned, lessons shared. You can pick it up on Amazon on Kindle for 99 cents, less than a dollar. What? That's crazy, right? Less than a dollar, you can pick it up on Kindle. If you like to have a print book in your hands and you just like the way it feels, and trust me, I'm looking at this book right now, it's really well printed. I love Kindle Publishing. You can pick it up for $5.50. So you can have a physical copy where you can take notes, where you can you know, keep stuff for quick reference while you're working on creating that awesome, epic podcast that I know you're capable of creating. So by all means, if you're looking for ways, you're looking for advice, Introduction to Podcasting, Lessons Learned, Lessons Share is the book for you. Thank you, guys. And I could not do any of this without your support. So when I say thank you, I mean it. Thank you.